Hello and welcome to episode number seven of the Period Pod, the podcast where I talk about everything periods, everything menstrual cycle and everything that you can think of that's got to do with the female reproductive system basically. I started this podcast because I was diagnosed with PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder and it turned out that I actually don't know anything about my menstrual cycle. So I wanted to share everything that I am learning with you and as a personal trainer myself I also started seeing the effects of the menstrual cycle on exercise and on fitness and that's what I want to share in this podcast with you as well. In this episode I'm going to talk to you about the seven things that I do on a monthly basis to manage my PMDD and this might be helpful for anyone who is going through premenstrual symptoms symptoms sorry or of course premenstrual dysphoric disorder. But before I go into the episodes there's a little announcement that I need to make. Well, I say little, it's quite a big announcement. If you follow me on Instagram, then you might have already seen that I have announced to the world that I am pregnant. This, of course, means that talking about the menstrual cycle, talking about periods, might seem a little bit odd for me at the moment because I don't have one. I don't have a menstrual cycle. Um, It has already proven to have an effect on my PMDD as well. Although at the time of writing my Instagram post, I was sort of shouting off the rooftops that I didn't have any PMDD symptoms at all. And about a week later, I had a big, big, big mental breakdown. And yeah, it it, it went a little bit downhill um, and it almost felt as a PMDD episode. So I'm still a little bit in the dark around that. But I just want to be honest with you guys. I just want to make sure that you know that um, my body is changing at the moment. But that also means that there's a lot more interesting topics coming up for me personally. And I hope that I can take you with me on that journey and on those topics around pregnancy. I also like to take this opportunity to basically say thank you to everyone who has responded to my Instagram post. I, I got loads and loads of reactions um, and everyone was so happy and yeah, it, it is the most amazing news. We are very, very happy and very glad and um, I will do an episode on pregnancy soon as well or at least an episode on the first trimester because I thought the first trimester sucks. <laughs> I was not expecting it to not like it that much. Um, I'm 14 weeks at the moment whilst I'm recording this podcast, 14 weeks pregnant and feeling a lot better, Um, had a lot of help and a lot of talking to people but also physically a lot changes after that first trimester and once you get into that second one, it just feels so much better. But that's a podcast for a different day or an episode for a different day. Today we are going to talk about PMDD. And I am going to give you those tips of mine that I do monthly. That doesn't mean that that's gospel. That doesn't mean that you have to do these or that all of these tips work for you. This is what works for me. Take from it what you need. Take from it 
what is going to work for you and please leave everything that is not working for you at all. And it also took me a little time, a lot of time, before I came up with these seven things that I do and they change month to month as well. Sometimes I add things, sometimes I take things away because I also take what works for me at that time. My name is Sana, I'm the Period PT and this is the Period Pod. first thing I always do and I do all the time and this is something that I know I bang on about all the time but this is something that we don't learn about at all and it's cycle tracking. Getting to know my menstrual cycle through and through, knowing exactly where I am within my cycle, what is happening, how I can see the signs in my body, how I can feel the signs in my body to know at what phase of my menstrual cycle I am is really important to me. I know exactly when that luteal phase is going to start so that I can prepare for the worst days. And it's also helpful once you have that diagnosis of PMDD, it's quite helpful to start tracking your luteal phase in a little bit more in-depth So knowing that you're fine in your follicular and ovulatory phase and in your menstrual phase, I, I sort of put that to one side at some point and I started to really focus on that luteal phase to really find out, do I have certain days each month that are, let's call them bad days. So for some people that's day 21 to 25, for some people... It can start really early um, and it and it finishes a little bit early. It's different for everyone, of course. So knowing when that is going to happen is really important to me because then I can plan my life a little bit more and a little bit better to, to that PMDD. So for me personally, for example, from about day 21, I think that's the worst area. So day 21, I've got quite a... a like clear-cut menstrual cycle according to the books um, which is 28 days and from about day 21 sometimes all the way up until day 28 that's my bad week. When I know that I can already start implementing a few things that I know are going to help me in that week and just the sheer fact of knowing that that's what's going on, that I'm A, not crazy, that I'm B, not being dramatic. All those things really help me with getting through that week of PMDD. I'm coming back to a few of the things that I actually implement in that week and even before that um, in in a little bit. The second tip I want to give you when it comes to managing your PMDD each month, is therapy. I bloody love therapy. It is not always fun. You don't always want to do it. But I have just realised when I'm not in therapy, because um, where I live in the UK, and if you don't have a load of money lying around and you can't go private, you have to go through the NHS, the National Healthcare System. 
And you don't get therapy for life. You get therapy for, unless they think it's really, really necessary, but you get therapy for a certain amount of weeks. And every time I finish a round of therapy and I don't have therapy for three months, six months, sometimes even a year, I just realize that I need it. I really need it constantly. So even if it's talking to someone once a month, even if it's talking to someone every fortnight, it is so important to keep on talking through it. If you can find a therapist that knows about premenstrual dysphoric disorder, you have an absolute, absolute winner. I was very lucky to find one and I wasn't even looking for one, which was really interesting. I, um, when I started with therapy, I think it was about a year ago. I don't even remember that well. Yeah, it was about a year ago. I found a therapist through the NHS. Well, I didn't find her. She she was assigned to me. And I have to be honest, and she will say the exact same. The first six sessions, we were not on the same page. And she she told me afterwards as well that she thought after six sessions, I might have to refer her to someone else because... I wasn't getting what she was saying. I think she wasn't getting what I was saying. We were not seeing eye to eye. Then I mentioned my PMDD and she said, I know that. I have more clients who have that. I've heard about that. I've done studies, well, not studies, but research on that. And I thought, shit, (laughs) I've wasted six weeks because I didn't tell her. Because all of the sudden from that moment, we understood each other so much better And I'm so happy that I found her and it really, really helped me. Once I finished with her, I actually found the PMDD Collective, which I think their website is called pmddcollective.com or .co.uk. And they actually have specialized therapists in PMDD. So you can always take a look at their website and see if you can find a therapist that works for you. They also do group therapy, which can be really, really helpful when you talk to like-minded people or people who are going through the same thing as you do. Because sometimes you just need to hear that you're not alone and that you're not crazy. I think that's one of the things is I started to, I start telling myself some awful, awful things and in therapy, you might not even hear that that's not true because your mind will always tell you that it's true. But sometimes it's really nice to hear that someone else is saying the same things to them as well, to themselves. And that is what really helped me with therapy as well. And with CBT, so cognitive behavioral therapy, that helped for me massively because I got actual tools to deal with the thoughts and the feelings I am having within a moment. So I don't know if I'm clear enough, therapy is my second tip for you. Tip number three, during my luteal phase or when I know my luteal phase is coming up, I do not drink any alcohol. Um, I'm not, I don't drink that much coffee anyway, but I can imagine that drinking too much coffee might also not be a great idea to do when you have a PMDD episode or when you are in that luteal phase even, but alcohol just doesn't make me feel better. I might feel a little bit better for the hour that I'm out with my friends and I'm drinking, but it, it it's just the next day because alcohol works as a depressant and the days after the next day you will not feel any better for it and that 
PMDD, that luteal phase only gets heightened by drinking that alcohol. So I am quite strict with myself in that sense. And I don't drink two months of each, uh, two months, two weeks of each month, basically. So from my ovulation until my menstruation, no alcohol. Um, and I, I only drink one cup of coffee a day. But that would be something I'd be interested in to see if I stop doing that as well in my luteal phase to see if that has an effect on it too. Tip number four, and this is a big one, and I know we all say it, and I know we all know it, but prioritize sleep and have a more consistent routine. If I do not sleep well, and by sleeping well, I mean at least eight hours a night. I actually prefer nine hours a night, maybe even 10, especially now I'm pregnant. I really want to sleep all the time, but at least eight hours a night and making sure that I have a good night's sleep. So handling my stress during the day so that I know I'm not going to bed thinking about a million things at the time, making sure that... I don't look at my phone an hour before I go to bed, that I maybe read a book instead, that I have done the things that I had to do that day or otherwise have parked it and will come back to it the day after. Locking my cat away. <laughs> this sounds awful, but I don't know if there's any um, any people out there who have cats, but you will know that they will stand on your chest at... Mm, 3am in the morning sometimes, or at least 5am in the morning. Um, And I know that this is going to be a big, big challenge for me because I have a baby on the way and babies, I cannot lock them away. I cannot just leave them in a room and uh, fend for themselves. Don't worry, I won't do that. But yeah, that's something that I will have to uh, see how that's going to go and, um, uh, and find my sleep at different points. But I know that all the mums out there are now shouting at their... Um, at their phone and and basically saying yeah good luck with that but if you do not have children and you are able to get or you have children who are sleeping through the night and you are able to get at least eight hours of sleep it is so important because that's the moment where your brain just sort of recalibrates your muscles recalibrate you need that rest to have a good bone density for yourself as well and when it comes to PMDD the more tired I am throughout the day the more my symptoms will affect me in a way that I don't want them to affect me and the PMDD rage for example if you if you have PMDD you know exactly what I am talking about that rage that can get so intense when you are tired so That's tip number four, prioritize sleep. And if you are able to have that consistent, consistent routine. So don't have one day where you work 16 hours, one day where you work 14 hours. I mean, that's way too much work anyway, but try to keep it to a constant eight hour, nine hour, maybe even 10 hour day. But where you can go to bed on time, waking up at the same time each day and do your morning routines, go for a little walk, make sure that you have that exercise, of course, in as well. Tip number five is, and this is also a very clear cut one, we all know it, but it helps so much, is outside time. Especially in my luteal phase, I try to go outside a lot more. 
And in the winter, that's so much harder. I will admit that when it's getting darker at four o'clock in the afternoon, when it's still dark at 8 a.m. in the morning, it's so hard to drag yourself outside and to go for that walk. So when I am in those winter months, I definitely try to go around midday when I at least have the feeling there's a sun somewhere out there. But in the summer, definitely, definitely try to find that sunshine, that vitamin D to make you feel better. And at the same time, when you go outside and you go for a walk or you go for a cycle or any anything that you do outside, gardening even, that exercise obviously really lifts that mood as well. It kicks that serotonin in and that's what you want. So more outside time is what I prioritize during my luteal phase as well. Tip number six, I do try to watch what I eat. Not in the sense that I'm going to go on a massive diet. Um, If you know me a little bit, I'm very anti-diet. I'm very anti-fad diet. I've had an eating disorder myself. I've been on diet after diet after diet in my teenage years and in my early 20s. And we all know they do not work. The only thing that these companies that create these diets want is money. They just want to get money off you. And they, they they don't care about your health. The only person who knows what's best for your health, that is you. And I say that because I want people to start believing in themselves again when it comes to nutrition. Sometimes you might need a little bit of help from a nutritionist or someone who is specialized, who who doesn't only want to take your money, but actually has your health at a first priority. Someone you need that person to sort of remind you of the things that are good for you or where to find them or how to make certain recipes or even try to eat healthy on a budget for example that's okay but in the end at the end of the day we all know what a healthy diet is we all know we need fruit we need vegetables we need uh, the macronutrients carbohydrates protein and fat. We need micronutrients like vitamins and mineral that you can find in those fruits and those vegetables that I was talking about. And we need water. That's it. You all know this. I know this. You know this. We all know this. So when I come to that luteal phase, of course, I I eat lots of chocolate. I eat lots of pizzas and burgers and chips. I, I do eat the so-called unhealthy food I just don't want to label it unhealthy food it's still food but in my luteal phase and and throughout the month but especially in my luteal phase I'll just try to focus a little bit more on what can I add to my diet in this case so I'm not restricting myself of anything I'm not going to say I'm not going to eat any chocolate I'm not going to eat any chips or pizza or whatever Apart from the alcohol, that's the only thing I do take out. I don't drink alcohol um, because that has just such a big effect on me. Again, personal, might not be for you. But what I do is how can I add more healthy or more nutritious, let's call it that, more nutritious food. 
How can I add more fruit so that I have that fiber? Because when I eat enough fiber and my bowels are happy, I feel happier. How can I add more vegetables? How can I add more healthy fats? And how can I add more protein? Protein is so important for us. Even if you're not a weightlifter, even if you don't go to the gym every day, you need protein. So try to take that from it. Try to take the the fact that you can ask yourself in your luteal phase or any time of the month, what can I add to my diet that is nutritious rather than what do I need to take away? And for me, that means in in the luteal phase, I I just look after myself a little bit more when it comes to what I eat. Um, And I obviously try to keep on doing that in the menstrual phase. But we all know when you're in the menstrual phase, all you want to do is eat. Um, And that's the same thing in the luteal phase. Just that that build up before menstruation, you want to eat those carbs because your body is getting ready for a child initially. It's getting ready to have um, a fertilized egg being nestled in there. So it needs... It needs a lot of carbs, it needs a lot of protein, it needs a lot of fat. Um, And that's also what you want to be eating in that luteal phase. But try to go for the more nutritious versions of that rather than the easy versions that are less nutritious. Um, Where am I? Seven. Point number seven. (laughs) I'm already there. Uh, This is a big one. This is an important one. This is a point that I spoke about with someone the other day and I realized actually how long it took me before I implemented this tip, this self-care regime. Um, And that's having my support network. So it's always important to have a support network, PMDD or not. But there's a few people around me, I think, because obviously I'm very vocal about this on Instagram, everyone knows about it, but not everyone understands it. And that's okay. I don't want everyone to understand um, what I'm going through each month. Um, I don't want everyone to, to sort of bow down for me and have everything ready each month because we know oh Sana is going through her PMDD no but there are a few people who do know and who who I need as support because when you are going through an episode if you have PMDD you will recognize this when you are going through a bad episode the last thing you want to do is reach that reach out the last thing you want to do is talk to someone and ask for help That's how I have found it. And that's something that I am trying to do now. So I have a few people around me and my partner, for example, is one of them who know a little bit more what to do when it happens. I don't need a lot of words to tell him that I am going through this PMDD episode. Going back to the cycle tracking from tip number one I do that cycle tracking in the kitchen cupboard there's a there's a sort of calendar in the kitchen cupboard and he sees this as well so even when he doesn't know why I am being so angry at 
whatever is happening in the world at him or anything, he can literally walk to the kitchen cupboard, open it up, and he can see, oh, it's PMDD week. So I don't even have to say anything anymore to him, which is great. To some people, I do have to say something. Um, one of my best friends came up with an amazing idea. Uh, she said to me, how about you send me a, a certain emoji? So I think I went eventually for this, I don't know what it looks like, this little devil commedia dewata mask. I don't know what it what it was, but it's like, you probably know which the one I'm talking about. It's like a red mask with a sort of fluffy ring around it um and you can you can have that with someone and they can you can send that emoji to them and then they know that that's what's going on without you having to explain yourself because that's the worst thing to do that you need to explain yourself each time because you feel like you don't want that attention at that point but sometimes the people around you want to know what you are going through not what you are going through but that you are going through it just so that they know if they need to be a little bit more aware of things so sending that one emoji really helps for me um to signal my friend kind of that's what it is it's kind of a little a little signal um and then with my partner we have talked about it a lot we have I've explained to him a lot about what's happening with me. He read on a few websites, for example, about PMDD or there's also a load of websites that have a little section for partners, um, partners of people who suffer from PMDD. And that has been amazing because he knows sort of what I'm going through. I think it's still hard for him to understand what it is exactly. But when I'm having a bad, bad episode, he knows that, for example, he doesn't he doesn't need to ask me open questions. He needs to ask me an, an A or B question. Do you want a hug? Do you want to be touched or do you want to be left alone? Do you want to go to bed for 15 minutes or do you want to go for a walk in 10 minutes? Or do you want to go to bed for 15 minutes now and then we go for a walk in 10 minutes? Or let me know when you are ready to go for that walk. It's it's very important that for me personally that he gives me these, these options. Because there, there's not really a what do you want me to do? What are you going to do? What do you want me to say? Because... When you're in that state, you don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. And all you want to do is get angry and sometimes do the worst things or think the worst things. So having that support network is extremely, extremely important. Even if it's just one person that you can think of in your life, I assure you the best thing you can do for yourself is to open up to that person explain what you are going through and try to come up with a solution for the both of you that works for the both of you and I'm also just extremely extremely grateful that my partner puts up with this each month and that he sticks with me because it must it must be difficult for him as well and I I completely understand that I completely acknowledge that and that's why I love him so much 
Um, and I'm not going to talk any further because I'm going to cry if I do that. Um, but yeah, support network is my number seven for the seven things that I do each month to manage my PMDD. Um, if you want to ask me any questions, you can always reach me on hello at the period pt.com. You can reach me through Instagram as well. Just send me a, a DM. Even if you just want to share your experience of PMDD, um, I, I don't have to share that uh, publicly, obviously. If you do want me to, I will. But if you just want to share your experience, then please do or just reach out. Um, I'm always there. But please do realize I am not a therapist. I am not um, a doctor. I'm not a healthcare professional in that sense. I have PMDD and I know what you are going through. But if you need serious help, if you need therapy, then please go get in touch with your GP or with someone that you trust who can help you out with that. And it's, it's the best thing you can do, honestly. Keeping it to yourself and not sharing it with anyone in the world, but just yourself is is not going to help you. So please, 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 please reach out to someone, to anyone. Um, last thing for me to ask, that's not related to PMDD in that sense, but I would love to hear your period stories. So please still share your period stories with me. You can email me on hello at theperiodpt.com. You can find me on Instagram at theperiodpt. And you can share your period stories with me, anything that you can think of, funny stories, sad stories, touching stories, emotional stories. I just want to hear them all because I feel like we need to talk about this so much more together. And lastly, if you need any help with cycle tracking, if you go to my Instagram account, you can find a free cycle tracking guide in there and you can find a lot of information about how to start tracking your menstrual cycle and I found that very helpful and I still do I still use it just not at the moment for about nine months I don't have to uh, I don't have to track anything so I've got a little bit a little bit of a break of that but I I know very well that I will get back to that um, as soon as the little little bubber is uh, is here I hope to speak to you soon in the next episode and I hope you have a bloody brilliant week. See you soon.